You started your business to help others. Somewhere along the way, you lost the capability of doing it on your own. Imagine how much different your business would be with an extra $10,000. Would you pay your rent? Would you buy new equipment? Would you pay your coaches more? Would you pay yourself? What if you could do that and donate to others? We started our business to help you. Finally, a, a payment solution for the micro gym space. We are proud to introduce you to WheelPay, a platform that allows you to both save money and be generous. With giving partners like the Phoenix, the Navy SEAL Foundation, the Green Beret Project, and other charitable organizations, you can trust that your donations will make a massive difference in the lives of others. Saving has never been easier. Giving has never been easier. Pay better. Do better. We'll pay. We are here because we are dedicated to helping the entire CrossFit community. Determined to elevate coaches, box owners, athletes, and everything in between, we believe that this mission will begin right here, right now. While this time and this goal begins with you, our hope is that you take this fire ignited within you and weave it into your own life with the same unrelenting passion to give those you have the privilege of coming in contact with the best hour of their day. All right, Fern, this day and age in CrossFit, I would say 90% of boxes have a coaching staff, at least one coach that's not the owner. Would you agree? I would say that 95% of all statistics are made up. <laughs> uh, I did make that up. So yes, that is right. So, so my, my prediction is probably correct. Uh, so you, you're saying that a lot of gyms have staff. I'm just saying most boxes have coaches. Yeah, I think that's a safe assumption. <laughs> no, but the point is, when I opened, I was the only coach. It's like saying no most coach. cars have wheels. You're like, yeah, that's kind of what makes it a car. <laughs> no, but when you opened CrossFit Rife, did you have a coaching staff? We did. Yeah, we had like uh, maybe like two or three people in addition to us. I think there might have been like four total. Where'd they come from? Um, they left the previous gym that we were at. Uh, so you were poaching members from other gyms is what was happening. <clears throat> Yeah, I mean, is, is that not how you're supposed to do it? <laughs> no, you know, this day and age. There's think... only, listen, I don't know if everybody knows this, but there's only so many people that are going to do CrossFit, right? So the best way to grow your gym is to take them from other gyms. Yeah, right. Just cut like, your rates. Cut your rates. Decrease your rates, offer more right. classes. Take rice from the their bowl. Take, right, yeah. take rice from their bowl, put it in your bowl. That's how it works. No, but my point is, yes, most boxes have another coach, but there are still boxes that exist and the owner is the only coach. There are definitely boxes out there. Like Very that. rare. I mean, like I just, if they do, they have such a limited class. Those are, those are like unique, weird little gems these days that are, that are like hole in the wall boxes that aren't even, I, I don't, I don't want to say fully functional boxes cause they are, but like not, not in the sense that we're referring to like full up and function up and running fully functional businesses. Remember what was the box we dropped into in raleigh that was like in, that at, in the five points or whatever yeah, was yeah. it five point or is it something corner barnes corner something like that uh or was her name Catherine? 
I have to go back That's, and watch. Yeah. You know, people still don't know about it, but season one of Dropping In is on our YouTube channel where Fern and I dropped into 10 boxes in the Raleigh area. We, we took classes. We had some fun. We gave feedback. Definitely check In four it out. days, by the way. In four yeah, days. we did all the workouts in four days. But, but yeah, go check it out. And in one of those boxes in, in, the, in that little area. But it, the reason I say that is because it's small. And I don't think there's Super anything. Super small. I, yeah. If I were going to open a box again, I don't think there's anything wrong with saying, hey, I'm going to have three classes a day. I'm going to be the only coach here. Depends on your goal. It might not you know, ever gross a million dollars in revenue, but you, you can easily still make six figures in a, in a model like that. Going on vacation is a little harder. You know, taking time off is a little harder. You'll, you'll need a coach. You'll need a second, you know, second coach for situations like that. But there's, there's nothing wrong with that model. No, I'm well, not, not if that's what you. Yeah. I think, I think boxes and, and, and affiliate owners kind of get wrapped up in, well, this is what we need, but bigger is better and more members, et cetera. I had a call with somebody the other day who was like, man, the box down the road, they have so many members They're you know, they're growing, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, if you looked at their, you know, this Instagram post, which had 18 people in their class, three of them are coaches who have a free membership. Four of them are the coaches, you know, friends who get a discounted membership. Three of the people are discounted members and then three people are paying. So it's, you know, it's not always what you see, especially on social media. Right. I mean, I mean, the number of boxes that, um, who, who was the one that closed down last year? That was like super shot. Was it brick house or uh, cross or brick? The one in Chicago. Uh, brick had a few locations, but they, they may have had one in or solace. So you think about solace? No, no, there was one in Chicago. There was like CrossFit brick that like, you know, by all, you know, outside outward facing kind of, uh assumptions was like doing great and then they just folded that thing up and shut down shop overnight one day well yeah it's like anything social media like that angle is not what that person really looks like and oh, you mean if i you mean if i turn like this it gives me better <laughs> suck your cheeks in you know lift right. the phone up over your head and <laughs> you know and also that class that you see on there is probably not a direct reflection on how six you, you can't say a box is successful because again that's also relative to what your goal is. If I wanted a box where I work three hours a day with minimal drama and not a lot of, you know, overhead, then maybe that's what I want. So anyway, but the point is, yes, most boxes have coaching staff. And then one of the questions we get a lot from box owners is, well, how do I keep them motivated? Because, and, and we talked about this on a recent episode, the barrier to opening a CrossFit is low. It's your job as the box owner, but also as a coach to, to give them a reason to stay here because you're probably not paying them a ton, right? You maybe you're giving 15 or 20 class. Most CrossFit coaches or trainers are doing this because they enjoy it. So, and then how do I mo motivate them? Not just to be the best coach they can possibly be in that hour, but also to be a part of the community, i.e. come to my events, come to the crawfish boil, the super spreader event that Fern had in uh, Virginia or any you other. Really, you event. really, really like to just keep bringing that up, which, and by the way, nobody got COVID. It was I know you. Everybody got fed. It was great. Um, there's some, actually some of the best pictures. I think probably maybe some of the best pictures we've gotten in well over a year came from that event. Like just really, just really like a lot of cool candid photos, like just that are like cool. Um, 
Do you so. do any like fun things at events like that? Like naked twister or beer chugging or butt is that chugging? fun? I don't know. I don't butt I, chugging? Yeah. Or, I, I, naked twister and butt chugging. Like what kind of parties did you go to as a youth? Well, my I friend? was in a fraternity when I was right. younger. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, no, I, yeah, we know there's lots of paddle spanking and stuff. The, um, um, the, uh, yeah. So like we four square, have you ever played four square? Is that out? That's like a hand game. We play outside, like on a court. Yeah. 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 With like, a, with like a, uh, like a dodgeball essentially. Yeah. You play four yeah. square. You can uh, like, um, you know, like you could do all sorts of stuff. There's little games you can play with crawfish and you have like people fight with crawfish. So it's like, it's like stupid little games. So they're like, dead, uh, right? The crawfish are dead. No, you can't boil dead crawfish. All right, well, everybody. Dead, so once they're boiled, I'm I was suggesting. You, yeah, uh, yeah. So you just have like all, a pile all, of live animals. We bought we we purchased 240 pounds of live. We yeah we purchased 240 pounds of live crawfish because you cannot boil dead crawfish. So you have to you have to purchase them live, which is why you have to have them shipped overnight. <clears throat> so a little tip, so, everybody: if you ever go to a crawfish boil, and you sit down to eat and you start to peel crawfish, um, so crawfish are like little tiny lobsters essentially that's what they look like and if you pull one out and the tail is completely straight don't eat it that means it was dead before it was boiled if the tail is curled it's fine so you want you want it to curled. be curled once curled. it's once it's edible once it's time to eat once it's time to eat yeah if you pull one out and you're getting ready to eat it and the tail is completely straight and extended hey we'll use coaching terms extension not flexion so flexion is good in crawfish world flexion is good extension is bad loss of midline is what you want from your crawfish. right i want loss of midline in order to eat the crawfish why what does that mean what does it mean if their tail is extended it means it was dead prior to to boiling it and that's bad correct died of maybe it died of natural causes it might have died from a super spreader event we don't know we don't know (laughs) Meta, the crawfish were having a super spreader event, and then you ate right. it. So, how much in one pound of crawfish? How many crawfish would there be, approximately? Uh, yeah. So that depends. That depends on the time of the the time of the season, and they come in like different sizes, essentially. So it it could be I couldn't even tell you the differences, but like it depends. Um, it could be a lot, or it could be you know. 15 to 20 or it could be 30 to 40 depending on the size oh that many that they're so they're small relative to lobsters i mean they're bigger than shrimp and and if you're if you're eating in louisiana you can get some big ass crawfish like really big um but this time of year shipping overnight across the country you're probably not going to get the big stuff next time i'm at your house (laughs) just be networking because you're not invited staying in my wing of the uh fern radisson if you will um, which is on the floor, which is on the floor of Jappy's room. <laughs> <laughs> I want some crawfish. I want some crawfish. I want to get the, the real deal. I want to get the Louisiana experience. You do know there's a season, right? Uh, of crawfish is what you're saying? Right. There, yeah, there's a crawfish season. So you don't, you don't eat crawfish year round. There's a season. I did not yeah, know so there's that. A season. But... So it's, so it's, it's, it's basically March and April. It's, it's Mardi Gras essentially like March, April. You could you like into May a little bit too, but there's a, it's a, it's a fairly, fairly short season. Well, then months. good. You have a year to prepare for my crawfish. Boil. I mean, we're having a crawfish boil. You may or may not show up. That's on you. I'll be there. I'll be there this year. So going back to the coaching staff, let's talk about how a box owner can motivate 
their coaching staff on, on multi-levels to improve as a coach, to be a bigger part of the community, and also just to be, you know, growing in general and, and, and wanting to be better. So, because like I've said, it's not the $15 an hour for most of the coaching staff out there. They're not like, oh, this is a great job. I'm working two hours a week. I get paid $15 for those 30 bucks. I'm set. They're doing it because they love it. So what are some things we can do to motivate them outside of just paying them more? So I think there's two conversations to be had here. The, the first one is the little bit larger picture, which is, realistically you know this is down the road for a lot of people but i this is this is kind of where i want people to shift their mindset which is if you want to incentivize people to be coaches make a job for them and i don't mean a part-time job i mean grow the business such that you can offer them a legitimate opportunity to earn a living doing being a crossfit coach and doing this thing um because everybody does it the opposite way. They're just like, all right, I like this. You know, I like Jay. He's around. Like his schedule is kind of flexible because he works from home. So then he does, he fills in here and there. And then what I've got, if I really unpack this thing, is not a real business because it doesn't have actual employees in it that can do work. So it, it, that's, the, that's the, the top of the heap. Like that's what you should be aiming for. And the way you do that is, and we'll talk more about this on different podcasts, but you, you have to make a job and put people in it versus making jobs around people that happen to have availability that work for you. So that's the first thing. Now, inside of that, the rest of these kind of strategies or tactics or incentives can be applied to part-time or full-time. It doesn't matter. But let's, Number one is continue. Yeah, and, go ahead. And, no, no, no. And, we, and we spoke about this in a recent episode, obviously, you know, growing your business so you can provide these full job opportunities Agreed. I don't think there's any, you know, we, we're on the same page on that. So let's be a little more clear. I, I'm suggesting how do we motivate your part-timers, your people that either they have a full-time job outside of here, they have a family, they don't want more than two to four hours a week, et cetera. How do I keep those people motivated? Because again, speculating numbers, et cetera. Think about there's hundreds of thousands, maybe level one trainers out there, meaning you've taken the level sure. one and you've passed yeah. the test. What percentage of those would you say are, are full-time versus part-time and let's call part-time eight hours of coaching or less per week. Those are your typical, Hey, I have a job. I love CrossFit. Uh, you know, I, coach I mean, a probably high, probably high 90% are part-time. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. You know, so the, the, you know, the, um, the full timers out there, if you're listening, you know, great, but you're kind of motivated because it's, a, it's your job now. Like you, you, you're expected well, kinda, to work harder. Well, yeah, but that's kind of where I was going with that is that like, I, I don't think it should matter whether they're part-time or full-time, everybody needs motivation. So we, we can apply Agreed. the tactics to both of these because just because they're full-time doesn't need, doesn't mean they don't need to be motivated. It doesn't mean they don't need to be manage to some degree and and to dangle a carrot or give them opportunity or whatever so you should do both um so there there's probably like a couple different buckets one is continue education the other one is pay and then the third one is this kind of like real arbitrary bucket of like what i would call like attaboys you know which is like different little things that are unique to your business so like we're getting ready to boys i like that 
you know, like, which is like, hey, like, cool, you did it. Like, you get to put this feather in your hat, which is unique to what we do. You know what I mean? So, give like, me, give me a real world example. So we're getting ready to do one. So everybody feel free to steal it. So we're, so uh, remember when you joined seminar staff and then, so you got, so like you went from the black shirt. So you're an intern and then you got your red shirt, red shirt. And then what was the one you wanted after that? After a red shirt? Is there one after? This is how advanced you are. I don't even know what right. comes after. I mean, I, yeah. I would assume you're referring to become flow master. Well, no, before, remember when they had blue shirts for level two? Oh shit! Yeah, you're right. Nowadays, those yeah. are red shirts, but that was now the red deal. shirts too. I when I but got back in the day, the blue shirt was yeah. fucking big deal. So like, I actually like made it on like as they were shifting. So this Same. is I Same, I actually yeah. I actually got a blue shirt from somebody else. It's like I fucking want that shirt. Yeah, I had a. I I think you. I remember seeing you had one somewhere. Do you have your, I have, all, do you have a blue shirt? I have them. I have in the in the lounge that we have here. I have like three of them hung up. So I have I have my red shirt that has the signatures of a. Uh, I think it was the first level one that we ever hosted here. I had every participant sign the shirt in the red shirt, and then I have my original original like gray CrossFit level one shirt that I got as a participant that uh, Coach yeah, Glassman that was old signed, school. Yeah, that Coach Glassman signed, and then I have uh, the level two shirt all framed in the in the lounge in there. Yeah. Remember back in the day when we were on staff, like the t-shirts would show up in advance and we'd have to give those out. Yep. Nowadays you get a, a I don't know you what it's going to turn into. I don't now, know what they're going to get now. Yeah. Yeah. It was a, you got a $25 certificate to Reebok, which basically bought you a shirt. Did you order your nobles yet? I did. Yeah. I'm waiting on mine. Said, it said <laughs> like said a significant backlog and I was just like, well, not off to a good start guys. Well, <laughs> Aside from Noble, big news, big news for the listeners. Fern finally ordered his Doc Spartan. So Dale. All caffeine. I just ordered everything that had caffeine in it. <laughs> I got I got the, the coffee eye stuff that Dale was talking about. It's legit. It comes in like almost like this pen with a roller on the end. You rub I mean you'll yeah. you were telling same. me beforehand how youthful I look and how how great my eyes look. Right before we got so hit record, you, I should have you, hit record. You look like you look like. Speaking of crawfish, you look like a crawfish right now. Your Very, face is so red. <laughs> I'm extra red right now. I don't know if I want sunny. any of these. I don't know if I want these products. <laughs> if he's gonna make me well, look like a crawfish. But it, it got really sunny in Colorado, and I didn't realize it. But I did order the sunscreen from Doc Spartan. But Fern ordered well, stuff. So day late, dollars short. <laughs> for, for those of you used to seeing Fern looking, you know, some would say haggard um or 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 whatnot he's gonna start to look better so if you only this listen is to the podcast, just so everybody knows this is what this is what's referred to as projecting onto other people <laughs> jay's insecurities with regard to himself is projecting onto me so i'm excited yeah. i'm excited to get a little gray by the way i'm not i have no desire to i want to get a little salt and pepper maybe because nope. i was i was talking to one of our clients and my six o'clock on mondays is mm. almost exclusively like teenagers Boys and girls, like 13, and I love them. They're fun. Like, they're at that perfect age where they kind of get a sense of humor, and you can goof on them, and they give it back to you. But I think part of the reason they enjoy me so much is because I'm short, and short right. just means young to kids. So I think if I got a little gray, they may be like, oh, he's a little older. But I, I love Probably. I love Probably my not. teenage class. They're Probably so, not. They're so still going to walk. Wanna... They're still literally and figuratively going to walk all over you. Yeah, but I love them. And by the way, 
if you do want that espresso stuff for your eyes, go to docspartan.com, code best hour, 15% off. My entire drawer is full with Doc Spartan um, gear. I don't know what the term is. Products. Um, yeah. Products. There we go. Let me tell a funny story. Though. Dale, you so need I- a new pitch, man. Let me tell you that. <laughs> Dale, Dale is the man. Um, I was coaching last night and there's this, she's 14. She's so funny. Her name is Solana. And actually they, they're doing a section in their high school yearbook for the kids that go to CrossFit affiliates in the area. So that's, that's kind of cool. Yeah. Her mom came in, was taking pictures of her, but she, so we were doing, <laughs> there was a box out from the previous class. Cause we were going to do some box jumps and it was the 30 inch box set up three sided. And she's right. like, she's like, Jason, um, are there s- shorter boxes? And I was like, Solana, I'm going to let you figure this one out. I was like, I'm good. You could do it. I said, to her, I, I was believe like, I'm in you. confident. I believe in you. And she literally took her like a minute. She's staring. She's like, what do you mean? Like, what do I do? Solana, you got this. You can do it. And then she go, it was like a light bulb went off above her head and she tipped the box. And I was like, I'm so proud of you. So I knew you could you're going to make it far in life. You're going to be Dude. good. Uh-oh. She's so funny because it's it's amazing teenagers the difference. There, the two there's two girls that are 14 and two boys that are 14, and you oh, would say they're like 10 advanced. years apart. Yeah, the girls yeah, are you're like, way more advanced as teenagers. The girls get my sense of humor better. They give it back to you better. The boys are just like thinking about video games. It's it's so funny to see. So anyway. Um, so anyway, back to where we're going with the t-shirts. Um, if anybody wants to rewind and figure how we got to that, but yeah, back to the t-shirts. <laughs> so that, so we're instituting something here with regard to incentivizing, right? So, you know, I am going to, I do um, have the ability to, to get people through level one, level two. So that's an incentive and then I'll pay for the level three. So that's an incentive. Um, and then you pay for your coaches level three. Correct. Cool. That's great. Yeah. Um, Cause I want them to get it you know, and, and so I have two that are on the cusp. Yeah. I think two. So we'll have two. Yeah. I have two that are on the cusp that are are basically studying for it now that will, that I'm, that I'm very confident we'll get that before the end of the year, at which point that'll put us at five. And then. So it's right now it's you, Lindsay Cassidy as uh, level threes. Correct. So how many, who's a level four on your staff? Anybody? No, it's because like, Uh, there's no level four. There's no, there's no, there's no, no. No, I want somebody I mean, who's legit. I don't. I don't I want somebody who actually did, got a credential and wasn't just handed a piece of paper, basically. So, hey, yeah. people like being around me. Here's your level yeah. four. Yeah. So the uh, so what we did was I I created something and they don't know this. So I mean, whoever listens to the podcast, they might they might find this out early, but it doesn't matter. Lindsay, the, uh, Lindsay secretly listens to every. Yeah, episode. she's she's outstanding outside the door right now. The um, so but what we'll do the same thing for shirts. So different color shirts for level one, level two, level three, and then we'll put like their Roman numeral hash marks on the on the sleeve of the shirt. So, but they're all representing the one, two, or three. Yeah, but the, and they'll all be different colors. So you won't be able to get the other one until you get the credential. And that's so the that, coach's shirt. Right. Right. Well, let me so ask you a question. So if you that, want I'll... the red one, if you want the red one, you got to pass the course. So this is where like peer pressure comes in and be like, listen, you want to play with the big boys. Like you got to get in there and you got to get that. Otherwise, like you're just going to be an old blue shirt, you know, if that's the way you want to live your life. So in other words, I show up to CrossFit Rife, apply recent level one. 
I get a blue CrossFit Rife coaching staff shirt. So the way we have it lined up is it goes black is level one, blue is level two, red is level three. And then when the level four comes on, I will make a level four shirt. I will, I will absolutely do that and have a room. So just send me mine now if you want. No, you're going to have to take the level four. Like I want to, <laughs> I want to legit see you actually coach a class. I would crush the level four test again. But yeah, anyway, so, so Solana this, would now, say differently. Yeah. <laughs> she's so funny, that kid. Um, so, so now your members know their level. Correct. Well, so it's twofold, right? So I, we want, we want the members to know that there is a hierarchy and that I want them to know, cause I want it to be, this is how, because I want it to, cause a lot of people look at this a little bit differently. They're just like, well, now they're going to know that they're just a level two. And I'm like, yeah, but I want everybody to fucking celebrate when that person becomes a level three, because that's going to happen. So I want that to be a big deal when they've seen so-and-so wearing a blue shirt for two years and they come in one day and do a presentation because I think if you pass level three, that's a big deal that we do that in front of the, in front of the members and let them know, be like, listen, the, the coaching staff here, they care. They're putting in the time to be better. So, you know, this is the culture thing that we're talking about in the community aspect of it. Like this is one small piece of that. And I think that's an incentive. That's a, that's a, that's a way to incentivize people's inner drive to, to be better, which is like when they put that shirt on, they're going to be proud of that shirt even far after they leave CrossFit Rife, they're like, I'm holding on to that shirt. That shirt means a lot to me. Yeah, no, I think that's, you know, a great example of what we're talking about. How do you motivate them? So yeah, incentivize Like the, like the fact that I have those shirts framed in there, like those shirts mean a lot to me because I put in a lot of work to get those shirts. Yeah, I think, I think that's great. So you're, you're incentivizing in that way of, you know, a education, you're not only in, and what you're also saying there is you're paying for their education, their continuing mm -hmm. education, which is important. It's hard, you know, box owners get frustrated and like, man, this coach doesn't want to get their level two. It's like, they're getting paid $20 an hour. It takes 50 classes or whatever the math is for them to afford their level two, right? Like at some point, regardless of how much you care about coaching, that's a huge number of hours you have to work to develop. I think it's important that box owners help their coaches develop. And whether it's every box is different, I get it a thousand dollars is a thousand dollars, but whether it's, I pay for it all, I pay for half, I allow you to, I, I pay for it and allow you to work it off, but maybe not having to come out of pocket for something like that. I, this is where I want everybody to stop doing this. Like just pay for it, figure it out. You say like, no matter what. Like I, th I think, I think this is, if this is, this is, if I want people to be invested in the business, like you need to invest in them. Like, I don't know, like this is weird thing in the CrossFit community, which is like, if I do this for you, then you owe me. And I'm like, no, they don't owe you shit. Like this is your job as a leader is to help them bring them up and give them opportunity and not expect anything in return. Like that's how leadership works is I give and in return, they will do a good job. So no, I don't think that there should be a, a barter here. Just like, well, if you do this and you do it, like, no, there's ways to play around with that. It, like if it is a pass fail test, you can be like, listen, I'm not going to foot the bill for this, but if you pass, I will reimburse you because I want you to have some skin in the game. You, you can go that route. Or if you want them to get the level two or their level uh, or their level one, you know, and you don't want to pay for it, at, like put in requests into host. And then like, then you can get them in there and then you can get to use a, a scholarship spot for that or host a specialty seminar and give them that 
that education uh, via that way if you get a scholarship spot for that, whether it's a kid's course or an aerobic capacity course or like, you know, be resourceful or split the difference. Do something. Be like, hey, but I I just think I want everybody to stop the whole barter system, which is if I do this for you, then you owe me. And I'm like, no, just do it because that's what you should do. Yeah, I love it. And and it, it's like we've been saying, it's it's hard, it's harder for you to get mad too. Like some of those things are, oh, this is stressing me out. Well, if you took some ownership and responsibility, it will stress you out less because now you've you've basically removed the barrier for a lot of people to, to go take that next level, be it two, three, you know, or or whatever course it is. So yeah, I love it. And Put it in your budget, put it in your, you know, in, in, in something because really that's what's going to help grow your, your, You're talking your about staff. 50 bucks, 50 bucks a month for six months pays for somebody level three. Like, wh- like, what are we talking about? Like, you're just, you're just not planning and not trying. Right. And I, and I hate to poke people in the eye, but like, that's the truth. Like, stop making excuses. You're not budgeting. Going back to what we were talking about before, like it's not okay to break even. If you're if you're breaking even, then you can't do these things, and you can't put aside fifty bucks a month to invest in your coach's, you know, um, future and their education. Fifty bucks like gives you either half a level one or half a level two, which most people would be totally down with, right? Like, cool, thank you for reducing the cost on me. But like, hey, I've got fifty percent towards that, and it's going to take me six months, and I can put two coaches through that or put two coaches through their level three. So, you know, I, I just. I want people to think about it from that point of view that like this whole thing revolves around like you striving for success and striving to do these things, which allows you to bring more opportunity to other people. If someone goes and takes their level two, they are going to become such a better coach, not just from the feedback that they got there from the, for a lot of people, it's, you know, it reinvigorates them. It shows them the potential because they're going to see coaches that are better than they are. And they didn't realize they can become that good. And if you have a coach that wants to go take their level two, passes the test after, they're just going to be better for your staff and better for your community. You know, I don't think the average person walking into your box has no idea what the difference between a level one and level two coaches, but it becomes apparent in time when you experience those coaches. If you go to a box that's all level one trainers, And then you go to a box like Wright that has a bunch of level threes on there. They're going to experience a very different product. And it's well outside of that, like that it's your job. It's your job. Like, you know, your members don't know the difference. Hey, guess what, everybody? It's your job to educate them on what the difference is and let them know that level two is a big deal. Level three is a big deal. Like it's not their job to go, you know, Level four is a fake credential. Like, let them know that too, you know? So, but my point is that like you're, it's part of like, it's part of, again, like if you want to use the, you know, the, um, the, uh, the story brand, which is like, make your coaches the hero, like elevate them so that people see them as experts. Like that is your job as a leader is to be like, this guy can cut the mustard. Like he's good enough. He went through this. He got, got this credential here you guys have seen what work like this took three years you know like make a big deal about it because it is a big deal you know there's like what is it like one percent of trainers out there like have a level three something along those lines it's, it's very it's low. not a lot it's, yeah i want to say it's like 1500 yeah it's one it's like something to like one you know 1500 ish and there's you know well over two hundred thousand level one trainers yeah i think it's less than one percent but that's a great example as well if we're talking about motivating your staff yeah spotlight them show them off you know put them on 
you know, maybe it's once a week you showcase one of your coaches, something they did, you know, whether it's, yes, certainly. I mean, you see it on CrossFit training. They put up everyone that passes the level three. That's how important and impressive it is. So if you own a box mm -hmm. and your coach passes their level three or level two, yeah, showcase that, put that out there. And constantly, you know, I think that's something that gets overlooked. I had a call with one of my clients and they were raving about one of their coaches because they're doing our coaches development and they're learning so much. And I was like, this is great that you're telling me, tell them. And I think that's something we forget right. as leaders, like what's, the, you know, praise them and not just individually, like, Hey, people are really publicly. saying nice things about publicly. What are they, what's that expression? Like praise them critic? public, punish them private. Right. And that's especially with code. I mean, like we're going back to, they're doing it for 15 bucks. They're not doing it for the pay. They're doing it because they love helping others, but also there's an aspect of recognition like be a part of that recognition, show them. Everybody wants that. Yeah, if somebody gets their first muscle up in your class, spotlight them, but then spotlight the coach that, oh, they came back from their level one and used the level one progression and all of a sudden so-and-so got their first muscle up or they came back from their level two and man, everybody's moving so great. You need to you know, motivate them in that role. What are some other ways you can think about? Let's, let's go free. Right. We've talked about right. paying for that this. was my next I mean, one. That's, yeah. yeah. What were you going to say? Just uh, give them feedback, help them develop, you know, so we've got, uh, I've got an intern in here um, who, you know, we'll see at the end of the month, but you know, we basically put them on a plan and, and I told him, I'm like, listen, your job for the next month is to set up small group training. And then myself, Lindsay or Cassidy will be there to facilitate the small group training. So we're going to help you. You know, this expectation that everybody is just a self-starter and they know the answers and they know how to get to the finish line is, is foolish. Like help people. This is the whole, this whole adage of like, Hey, send the elevator back down. So that you're not sitting on the top floor by yourself, like send the elevator back down so you can bring other people up with you. So, uh, he's got, he's got his first small group. Cause I was like, Hey, one minute should be running two small, an hour long groups a week for the next month, in, including to being an assistant coach in this many classes this month. And I was like, your job is to book it. Our job is to come in there and help you. So like Wednesday, I'm going to be in there with him for an hour, just running through small group stuff in a controlled environment with seven other, with seven of our members. And he'll have no problem booking that uh, and bringing on members to help do that. Like Cassidy did it multiple times a week for months before he interned on seminar staff. So they will appreciate that because they will see the fruits of their labor and they will become more comfortable on the floor and people will comment. The people will comment on it. And be like, man, that he's like really made great strides over the last month. And be like, yeah, he's put in the work. So help them by giving them those opportunities, you know? So I'll, I'll be in there with him. Lindsay will be in there, help him. Uh, Cassidy's going to help him, but he, he sent me up. He's like, Hey, does Wednesday at 5 PM work? I was like, I'm free book it. I'll be there. I love it. And like we were saying, coaches are doing this because it's a skill and they want to get better at it. It's, you know, it's basically a passion project for many coaches. If your coach is there for two to four hours a week. Yeah. I'd say there's a handful of coaches that do it because it's a free membership. My wife gets to come in. That, that, that's a perk, but you know, time is valuable. And if they're coming in consistently showing up on time and, and putting the work in and, and working hard to be the best coach they can be, they're doing it because they want to improve. Now let's flip it. If you're a coach, and you're hearing this and you're thinking to myself, man, my coach or my box owner doesn't do this. They're not giving me what I need. Okay, we accept that. Not all owners do this, which is, could be a problem, but right. 
I would tell you first and foremost, as the trainer, as the coach, speak to them about it. Take ownership in your own. What's that? Start with free. You set up a small group and ask the owner to come give you some feedback. Yes. Don't get mad at the owner for not doing it if you're not asking for it. It's a typical, like, I'm angry with this because I'm not getting what I want. Well, they don't know what you want. If you want to develop and you want to grow, you know, find, first of all, find a box that suits you. Maybe the box you're going to is not that box, but have that conversation with the owner and say, look, I want to eventually attain my level two, my level three. I want to develop and improve. Can you help me? And until you've done that, it's not really fair. I don't know if that's the right word, but it's, you know. Well, it's the, this notion that like people are just going to come along and randomly help me while I'm not doing anything to really help myself is, is kind of, you know, I don't know how to say stupid, but it's kind of stupid. Like you should be helping yourself. You should be putting in all the work as a coach so that people want to help you. They're just like, man, that dude's like hustling over there. Like, let me help him out. Let me help her out. Like she is getting after it. Like she deserves help. So I don't, you, maybe you don't deserve help. Like that's the real conversation. Like if you're not doing anything, then I don't think you deserve help. Yeah. Don't show up, do the bare minimum and then get frustrated that you're not getting help or feedback or growth. But if you're showing up consistently and, and putting the work in, you know, have that conversation. And then again, the tough part about that is, you know, maybe this isn't the right box for you. A lot of owners simply have their level one. And then, you know, surprisingly, like their coaches aren't developing. Well, because they're not developing. If right. you're, you know, they need to seek out feedback as well. And that might be going to a different box, which takes putting your ego aside. That's something we've told box owners to do. Hey, there's a box down the road. We know them. They're on seminar staff or they have their level three. Go there and get some feedback. You need to be able to, you need to grow as well. So if you're, you're a box owner, your development is, is just as important. And, and with that being said, leading by example, don't expect your coaching staff to want to improve if you're not wanting to improve. We, you know, we've talked about how one of our biggest pet peeves is when a level one trainer, their certificate's about to expire and like, should I take my level one again or should I take my level two? Well, if it's not obvious to you that you should take your level two, you, you, you don't want to improve. That's part of the problem. Yeah. Yeah. It's part of the problem. So, so the only are, other thing, the only other thing you could maybe throw in there is like, give them incentive. Like, uh, so we'll do, you know, discounts for spouses, you know, like spouses, not girlfriends, boyfriends, spouses. Um, so, but you know, I know people are like, well, how much am I, that depends. That's a longer discussion about like how many you have, all that kind of stuff. So not how many spouses you have, how many coaches you have that have spouses. So do you, um, have, where do you draw the line? Is it like, I have to present to you my marriage certificate or if I'm in a long-term relationship, is that acceptable? Well, here at CrossFit Rifle, unless I married you, then you don't get it. Yeah. <laughs> you actually do the marriage. <laughs> I did. Yeah. I've done a couple of marriages, but no. Yeah. With, um, yeah. You just need to be married. Like don't lie about you. May now, you may now kiss the bride and by the way, save 50%. And by the way, right. save 50% of CrossFit Rifle. <laughs> and that's where people are like, Oh my God, it's the greatest day of my life. Yeah. So I'm going to get married. Yeah. Cool. Well, point is you know there's lots of ways to motivate your coaches and if you're not thinking about that regularly you're going to be at a dead end you have to you have to develop and we've talked about this before you know your coaching staff is really going to going to be what influences the growth of your box The, the more your members are coming in and the more satisfied they are with the product the coaches and they see it they know when your coaches are complacent they know when your coaches are putting in the work so motivate your coaching staff 
so you can then help provide the best hour of their day to your members. That's what it's all about. Right, Fern? That's right. That's it? Yeah, that's right. That's it. Yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> I just, I, I thought, you know, your entire life is based on you overall wanting my approval. So I was giving it to you. I, I appreciate that. I feel better about myself now. I'm getting that approval. Thank you. So you never miss an episode of the podcast. Subscribe to our YouTube channel and on all major podcasting platforms at best hour of their day. Thank you so much for tuning in and for being a part of the best hour of our day. See you next time.